First Vision Sunday together. I had been approached uh, by Brother uh, Chris and Brother Ronnie, who have become my friends. But then we didn't really know each other. They were part of the pulpit committee and stayed in touch with me after uh, y'all voted that we would come, and I believe it to be the Lord's will, and I'm thankful to be here. I hope after almost a year, you still think it to be the Lord's will. They asked me if um, I would like to have a Vision Sunday, and my first thought, if I remember right, it took me a while to respond to that that question. Um, I don't think I answered them right then and there. What I thought in my mind was, they're crazy. I don't even know the church. How can I have a Vision Sunday? And so I initially told him, I don't think we'll do that. I I don't think I know the church well enough, and it'll take us time for me to really get vision for the ministry. But after we, I don't remember if it was on the phone or email or text, that particular conversation, but after we finished... um, the Lord began to work on my heart that when I came, that even though I may not know the church, I knew my Heavenly Father, and that the theme for our church should be that all things would be by Him and by His power, and that all things should be done by Him and by His power, that all things should be done for Him and for His glory that all things at our church should be done in Him as we walk with Him and fellowship with Him. As we came to this year, not quite yet there, Brother Caleb, as we came into this year, I would say since, oh my, I don't know, a few months ago, at the very least, I have been thinking and praying on what the Lord would have us to share as a vision for 2023, and I could not settle on anything. I really just wanted to repeat what happened last year, Uh, the same theme, I should say, because it is still my greatest desire. And I came this close to saying, we're not going to have a new theme because I want all things in 2023 to be done by Him, for Him, and in Him. I want us to continue down that path. And the Lord knows I was this close to just repeating it. And I began to pray a little more fervently and ask him what he would have us to do. And he began to move my heart away from it, and I believe it was him. I, I, I tried to fight him on it. I said, but Lord, please, let's just keep it the way it is. And over time, it just, he won. So, it may be somewhat similar, but it'll have a slightly different focus. I will say that after a a year of being here, maybe it was healthier that I didn't have a vision of the church. Um, Maybe it was better that I just let the Lord lead. Uh, Sometimes we as men can get it wrong and think, well, the church needs this or the church needs that, and the Lord knows what the church needs. (laughs) So I hope that is the case here this morning. We're not going to reveal it just yet. The theme largely comes from the entire Bible, but you'll find it kind of focused in the book of Ephesians. And so, for the introduction to the message and then the introduction to our theme for 2023, I want to read the entire book of Ephesians. Just kidding. Although if you were to read 
books of the Bible in one chunk, especially these epistles, you'll be amazed how much you'll glean from them. And truly, if we were to just stand here and read them, it would probably, although we read a little slower verbally than we do mentally when we read to ourselves, it would probably be some of these books just as long as a regular sermon. And I wonder sometimes what it would be like to just read an entire epistle to the church as it was done in those days. I know probably everybody would be asleep in about five to ten minutes, but these were essentially sermons that were written in letter form and to be read before the churches. Let's look first at Ephesians chapter number one. Let's all stand to our feet if we could please in honor of the word of God. And verse number three, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Ephesians chapter number three, if you would please, in your Bible. See, I wasn't going to read the whole book. And look at verse number 16, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. But flip over, if you would please, and look at Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 2. Well, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Do you see verse number 15, please? But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself, in love. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and what? Walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5 speaks of how the husband should love the wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It doesn't use the phrase in love, but often, the phrase is repeated throughout the book. Last year, we put all of our focus and attention on doing things by Him, for Him, and in Him. This year, I ask you to put your focus on doing all things in love. In love. You can go ahead and pull up the graphic and let's have a word of prayer if we could please. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please anoint this message with your Holy Spirit power. I pray that you would fill me with your Spirit. Do what I cannot do. 
Lord, may we fall in love with You more this year than we ever have before. May we fall in love with God's people more than we ever have before. Lord, I pray that You'd work in our hearts this morning. That we would do all things in love. And that the love of God would constrain us and keep us in the way that we should go. Lord, I pray that You would please speak to hearts this morning. Anoint the service with Your Holy Spirit power. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. It's my desire for our church this year to focus on loving God and doing what we do because of our love for Him. The Lord Jesus Christ said that in order to do all of the commandments, you could wrap them all up into one statement. In order to keep all of the commandments, in order to obey all of the commandments, that they could all be accomplished if we were to do one thing, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And he said, the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. There is not a thing that God asks us to do in His Word that we consider commandments and laws and ordinances that is not an expression of love. If we were to truly love God the way that we should, we could not do anything against Him. We would not break His commandments or His laws if we truly loved Him the way that we should. I want us to key in this morning on Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 17. The Bible says here that Christ, well look at verse number 16, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being what? Rooted and what? Grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to say number one, this morning love for God is the root and foundation for a healthy Christian life. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. That word rooted is essentially that of a plant growing and taking up root in the earth. Remember in the parable of the sower and the seed that the Lord said that when the sower sows the Word of God that some people, uh, they begin to spring up quickly and grow in the Lord, but because they have no depth of earth, because they have no root within themselves, the Bible says that they wither away when the trials of this life begin to come upon them. The reality is that the Christian who is not rooted in 
God and in His love will quickly fade away. And so it's using a picture to explain to us. We have a lot of farmers here in this area. I've never seen anything like what we have in this region, and I, I couldn't wait to see it when everybody was telling us about it last year that all the different things that would grow, peanuts and cotton and rice and all, I've never seen that stuff uh, up in the godforsaken north. Never seen anything like it. It's too cold up there. I can't stand it. And so, I'm so glad the Lord moved us a little further south. But anyway, as, as, uh, as we came, I couldn't wait to see the peanuts grow. And we, first time we came here, and y'all brought us in uh, to Canada, the cotton was still on the fields, and we uh, had a chance or to preach revival last, uh, or two years ago, I guess, technically on the calendar, 2021, uh, November, I think it was. And so when we came and the cotton was still on the fields, we drove by those miles of cotton fields with our mouths open. Just, wow, this is amazing, you know. You see corn and soybeans and alfalfa fields and hay up north. You don't see cotton fields. And so, boy, we were enthralled by that. And then last year, some of you, some of you were telling us, wait till you get into the summer when the peach trees begin to bloom. And then the watermelons begin to grow. And we all went home that night that y'all said there were watermelons in this area and said, did y'all hear there's watermelons? Brother Stanley was telling us how, oh, just wait till they really get going. He said, They're, they'll cut the sides out of buses and have them out in the fields. We said, they use what out in the fields? <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll load the fields with buses. He said, and then they'll get some of those trailers and buses rolling down the road, and there'll be watermelons falling out, and they'll be laying on the side of the road. We said, there'll be watermelons on the side of the road? And then as was it the month of August or so when they all began to, uh, when they all began to be harvested and, and uh, the watermelons were on the side of the road, we're calling our friends, there's watermelons on the side of the road. I'm not joking you. I mean, we were just fascinated. This is amazing. You ought to see this. A crop cannot grow without a healthy root system. They have to find some depth of earth. I, I was out uh, soul winning. Brother Daniel and I were out soul winning one of my first weekends here. And, uh, uh, you know, I was still learning uh, the area. And we were, I, was, I, I had been fascinated by, by, I didn't know what it was called, the, the humps in the field, you know, that go all the way down. I know what it is now, but all right, just help me out here, all right? So when I first came, I didn't know what to call it. I just said, you know, like all those, all those little dirt mounds that go all the way down the field. Brother Daniel, help me understand this. What is that? They never see anything like that. They don't plant like that in the north. He said, I don't know what you're, you know, he just, he tried to explain to me. I said, no, no, I mean the, the and, and we had to go back and forth because he, you know, he's like, well, I mean, that's the way it is. And I'm like, I don't, you're not understanding. Th th I don't know what this is. And finally, we, we came to a, a conclusion. I was talking about hipping. He said, oh, you mean how they hip the field? I said, yeah, how they do what? I said, yeah, so what is that for? And he had to explain it all to me, you know, so that they can irrigate the fields because it gets so hot and dry out here and, and send the water down uh, those hipped fields, right, so that the water flows in there and sits in there and can feed the plants and, and the seeds and so on and so forth. I had never heard of anything like that in my life. I had never seen it. Yes, we plow and we disc, you know, up north, but I didn't know anything about hipping fields. Never heard of that before. But they do that so that the root systems can begin to gather water and begin uh, to get the nutrients that they need out of the field. A crop that does not have a good root system cannot grow, and a Christian that is not rooted in the love of Christ will not be stable. The, word, the, the Bible also uses the term 
rooted and grounded in love. That word grounded could also mean founded or the foundation being built in love. We think of the, the storms tossing at the end of Matthew chapter number 7. And Jesus said, If you uh, do all of these things, that ye shall be like a man who has built his house upon the rock. And when the winds blew and the rains came, that his house uh, was not cast down. But the Bible says that those who are not founded upon the rock, but upon the sand, that when the winds came and the storms blew, that their house began to crumble. The same thing is true. If your house is not built on the right foundation, you will not be stable as a Christian. Now listen to me. All things we do must be out of our love for Him or it won't be as stable as it should be. Please hear me out this morning. You have to go to church because you love God. That has to be the reason that you come here. It has to be because you love Him. Because He died for you. Because He gave His life for you. And because you love Him for that. You have to be here. You have to be in your place because you love Him. Or if you're in the church for any other reason, maybe you come to church because one day the preacher preached a good sermon. Now let me, let me just explain this please. I strive to know the Lord and the power of God on every service. But I don't always accomplish that. I am just a man. And I, I don't like it when I hear people say things like, well, the reason I come is because that one service you preached, boy, that was so powerful. And it brought tears to my eyes and I've never heard anything like that. So I come because you're a good preacher. Listen to me. There will be a day I'm not a good preacher and I'll mess up. I'll have a dud. I'll drop an absolute bomb and it'll be terrible. And if you come because I'm a good preacher, you'll stop coming. Your foundation cannot be on me. It cannot be on good sermons. It must be that you love God with all of your heart. That you desire to please Him. That you long to make Him happy with your life. And that's why you come to church. That you're here because God is watching. And that you long to please Him because you love Him. And that will bring you to the pews whether the preacher is on or off. That'll bring you back next Sunday. If I happen to drop a bomb today, you'll come back not because you love the preacher and his sermons, but because you are here and your foundation is built on the love of God. Some people attend church because they have good songs and good worship services. And I'm not against having good songs and good worship services. I think if you sing a special, you ought to do your dead level best. And I think if you volunteer to sing a special, you ought to be able to sing. I, now, now, maybe this is too carnal, but I tell you, I love some people and I'm glad, you know, the Bible does say make a joyful noise and some people make more noise than they do anything else. But you still ought to do it. But I think that maybe ought to be reserved for home, for the pews when you sing the congregationals. But if you're going to stand up in front of everybody and sing, you probably ought to be able to do it. Because a bad special can really dampen the service. But I tell you, I've heard some people stand up and sing with their heart full of love for God that didn't sing nearly as good as the professionals did. And the Holy Spirit of God descend upon that place like nothing else. I think we ought to be able to sing, but I don't think we ought to be here for the performances. I think the singer ought to sing because they love God. 
He's worthy of our praise. And he deserves for the church to be lit up in song about him because we love him. But if you come for good songs, believe me, there will be a Sunday when the songs aren't so good. The choir might be down in attendance or the special didn't harmonize like the one did last week. And if you're coming only for the music, you'll go find yourself a place where there's better music than there is the presence of God. If we attend church for any other reason than that we love Him, we'll become unstable. I believe our church attendance ought to be because of Him. I believe faithfulness in marriage ought to be because of our love for God. Why should I be faithful to my wife? Why should I be faithful to my husband? Don't you know who they are and what they are? Because it pleases God. Because He put up with an adulterous generation, generation after generation after generation after generation and continued to love His people. And He continues to love us when we fall away from Him. Your, your marriage won't be as stable as it should be until your faithfulness is because you love God just as much, if not more, than for the reason that you love each other. Because listen to this preacher, when the day comes that you're not feeling so good about each other, because let's all be honest, it happens. And you have some knockdown drag out. And, and, and let's all knock the halos off of our heads. I, my wife and I have knocked down drag outs just like you do sometimes. No marriage is perfect. I told you the story about the, the preacher that stood up at a conference and said that in something like 20 or 30 or 40 years, he and his wife had never had a fight and sucked all the air out of the room. Everybody in, everybody in there that's normal is thinking, oh my word, we got to repent right now. And then the other preacher that got up, and, and he, was the, he was the last preacher of the day, and he began, to, he began to whine and moan. He was making a joke out of it, but he said, never had a fight. Oh, no. And he began, to, he began to make a big scene out of it. And he goes back behind the choir loft where they had a modesty rail or whatever you want to call it. He falls. He puts his hands up in the air and falls down on the chairs behind. Never had a fight. And then he comes back to the pulpit and says, My wife and I had a knockdown drag out on the way to church this morning. You know, sometimes marriage doesn't go the way that we should and we maybe don't love each other like we should. But if you long to please the Lord, you'll stay together. All this we must do because we are rooted and grounded in love. You'll continue to sing in the choir, choir member, if you do it because you love the Lord, not because you get recognition for it. You know, so... As a preacher a long time ago, I, I stopped giving a lot of recognition for things done for the Lord. I do every now and then. I say thank you for that special. That was wonderful. But I'm not, I don't anymore heap praise upon people because often then people begin to just want to sing for recognition and for praise and that's not what it should be for. 
And man, you'll see people every now and then walk down off the platform if they're in a church where the preacher really praises specials. And I used to do it too. My family and I sing. When I was a young man, we began to sing in church. And, 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 and you know, I would always listen for that recognition of the preacher. And sometimes I'd get offended when I'd hear my dad maybe recognize somebody else's special and not, uh, not recognize his own son's special. And you'd think, man, that hurts my feelings. Maybe I didn't do as good as they did. Well, maybe not. Maybe you did. You know what? Over time, all of us need to just grow into the fact that we're doing those things because we love God. It's not because I don't think our specials here are wonderful. I think our specials here are mostly wonderful. But because it ought to be for Him. Don't get offended if I don't recognize you when you sing a special. I just I want Him to get the glory. I want us as a church to sing in the choir because we love Him. If working on the bus starts to get old because the kids aren't coming like they used to and because every Saturday just seems like a drudgery, remember that our Savior said that He would go and seek the one and leave the ninety and nine and that He would do so because of His love for those that were astray. And you as a bus worker, continue to remember the love of God that He showed towards you and you go and continue to work on that bus route not because you get noticed for it, not because the kids are or are not coming, but because Saturday after Saturday, Sunday after Sunday, you know that you love God and you want to serve Him. Stay faithful on the bus, not because of anything else other than the love of of God. Sunday school teachers, be faithful to serving the Lord, not because anybody says it or anybody shows up for your class, not because certain people are there and certain people aren't there, but because you love the Lord. Make sure that you understand that if we're going to be stable and you're going to continue to teach your Sunday school class for as long as you can, you're not going to do it because people pat you on the back. You're going to do it because you love the Lord. Love for God is the root and foundation for a healthy Christian life. Helping the widows and afflicted is often something that never gets recognized, but we don't do it because we are going to get recognized. We do it because we love the Lord. Please, please understand, if there is anything I want for our church in 2023, it's that we do all things for Him out of love for Him. If we do them for the wrong root or foundation... It'll make us unstable. If we come to church to fellowship with friends and one day your friend stops coming to church, you'll flop out of church. But if you come to church because you love the Lord, you'll be here no matter who comes and who goes. And I hate it when people come and go out of church. I hate it. Whoa! It's a quarter till. I hate it when people come and go. I don't think everybody in here understands. I don't think you do. I don't think there's any way for you to. How much each one of your faces mean to me when you're here. I don't think you understand it. I don't, I don't know if it's possible for you to. Some of it's just the love that God gives a pastor for his people. So I don't know if that's comprehensible to those that are not in my position. I don't know. But some of you think you don't matter. Maybe the preacher didn't go over to shake your hand. Didn't get to say hello to you. Well, he came right by my pew. Didn't he notice me? I wish you knew where my mind was before church and after church. It's 
not that you're not important. Sometimes I just miss things. I cannot tell you how much you mean to me and how much your presence is an encouragement to your preacher. Some people don't understand that. I got on a little bit of a rabbit trail here. Where was I? I don't know why. I just I guess I just decided to say that to you. Some people come to church because of their friendships and so on, and then when their friends leave, they leave. And I wish you knew how much you mean to me and how much it hurts when people leave. But listen, we should not be here because brother so-and-so is here. We should not be here because Mrs. So-and-so is here. Because the moment they flounder, the moment they're gone, so will you. If you want to be stable in your church attendance for the rest of your life, you cannot base it on anybody else who's here. It doesn't mean you don't love each other. It just means that they're not the reason you do it. And you can't do it for your husband. You can't do it for your wife. That's a good starting point sometimes. You know, the whole, the whole reason my family got saved is because my, uh, my aunt, for her 12th birthday, wanted her family to go to church, and that was all she asked for. And my family wasn't a church-going crowd. The, all weekend long, what they would do is they would drink and gamble and co uh, cuss and smoke and party all night long, Saturday into Sunday. That's, that's the life that they lived. When my, when my aunt asked the family to go to church for her birthday, they didn't want to go. Church wasn't their thing. It's all she wanted. And be, because, because she said that's all she wanted, my grandpa made everybody go, including my rebellious father, who didn't want to part the doorways of the church as a hippie boy. And grandpa said, if you don't go to church, you might be finding a new place to live. And my dad always jokes and said, suddenly I felt the Holy Ghost leading. Because I believe my dad meant it. I'm not saying it's bad to come to church because somebody asked you to and you came, you came because Brother Chris invited you. You came because Brother Austin invited you. You came because Clyde invited you. You came because Miss Venetia invited you. You came because Brother Matt. That's not bad. But at some point, that's too shallow of a route. You at some point have to move past them and make it about your love for Him. Amen. Did He save you from your sins? Yes, then He's worth being here. And then when your husband or wife are sick and you don't feel like going, you didn't come because of them, you came because of Him. Amen. I'm going to get a little preachy on you here. Would you please hear me out? I don't like seeing families... When one person is sick, the whole family stays home. You don't all have to stay home. Do you love the Lord? Isn't He worthy of your presence? Shouldn't you be here? I hate it when that happens. Well, you know, my kid got a sniffle. We're not going to be able to make it. What do you mean? Don't come for me. Don't come for your wife, your child, your daughter, your son, for your, for your husband. Don't come for those things. You need the house of God because this is where His presence is and because you love Him. Do you understand that any given service that we skip out on could be the service that could change our lives? 
Oh, don't miss the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Now, please understand, you know, every time I say these things, my heart gets heavy because I realize, oh, my word, somebody just told me that like two days ago. You'd never believe that I don't write my notes with those things in mind, but most of the time it's true. I'm not preaching at you if that has happened recently. That you can, please trust me on that. I'm just saying that what, what it does is it, it, it causes me to, to realize, oh no, their root's not deep enough yet. It's not deep enough yet. And they could easily be tossed out of church if something goes wrong with their husband or wife. If something goes wrong with their child, they could easily walk away from God. Their, their root isn't deep enough yet. I, I see down the road when I see those things and hear those things, and it bothers me because I think, my soul, they're growing so much. God's doing so much in their life, and I see so much potential in them, and God sees such greater potential than I ever could. But sometimes He gives a pastor a little bit of a vision of what God could do with your life, and we dream about those things. I dream about what God can do with these young people. I dream about what God can do with these less young people, and I, I, I long for God's will in all of your lives, and when I see that the root isn't very deep, I begin to gather a little bit of fear in my heart that one day you might fall away from God because your root isn't in the, the, the love of God. Amen. Amen. We can't come to church out of loyalty to our church's history. We have to do it because of Him. All of those things and any others that aren't built upon our love for God will eventually fail. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love. I hate to stop there because there's a comma and there's more to be read and we may have to get to that tonight. Please listen to me. Hardship will shake the foundation of those who are not rooted and grounded in their love for God. Some are shaken from their foundation at the death of a loved one. Some are shaken from their foundation at the hardship going on in their life financially. Some are shaken from their foundation at the hardship in marriage, at situations with their children. Quite some time ago, I was going to Bible college, and I, is everybody okay? I was going to Bible college, my wife and I were newly married, and we don't talk about this. Uh, we've had a, a few miscarriages and lost some little ones. Uh, on a few occasions. One day I'll see him. One day, honey. But the first time, I didn't understand. And I was trying to be faithful to the Lord and just going through the motions and it was mechanical. My heart wasn't in it anymore. 
when I was trying to show up for Bible college classes and go to the outreach program on Saturdays. And one Saturday, not long after, I went to the soul winning and outreach program. And Brother um, Harris was my soul winning trainer at that time. The church would fit college students with certain men in the church or certain ladies if they were young ladies in Bible college and send us with them on a weekly basis to go soul winning and, and learn from them. Uh, Brother Harris was one of my soul winning trainers. Why can't I not think of his first name? Uh, Greg Harris, and, and uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. Some of you know his son. Uh, he's the pastor of Harold Tabb's church now. Um, Aaron Harris and goes to the, uh, the camp there in Alabama. Aaron and his family went to my wife's church while she was growing up. And the kids grew up there. She knows Aaron well. I know Aaron a little bit. Went to college while he was in high school. His dad was my soul winning trainer. Sorry, I just, I'm reminiscing here a little bit. Connecting some dots for you. We were um, trying to figure out how to deal with that loss. And we came to a door and it was my turn to, to try to talk and lead somebody to Christ. And we knocked on the door. A guy came out somehow. I don't remember how it all worked, but we ended up in his garage and we were talking in the garage there. And I began to try to witness to him and he said something like this. He said, I'd like, to, I'd like to listen to you, but I have a hard time understanding. He had had a, a child that had died that was, I think, six months old. So I have a hard time understanding how a God who loves me could let that happen. I didn't know how to answer him. I was dealing with something myself. I was trying to lead him to Christ, and I tried to give some kind of an answer. And in the midst of it, I said, you know what? I don't understand it either. But, and about the time I said that, Brother Greg Harris chimed in. He said, can I stop both of you for just a second? And you talk about being embarrassed. Here I am, the soul winning trainer, or uh, here I am, the soul winner, trying to lead somebody to Christ. And now this guy, uh, I'm trying to help somebody else spiritually. Now he has to help both of us spiritually. I got embarrassed immediately. But he said, can I, can I, can I help both of you with something? He said, sometimes we get the wrong vision of why death happens. He said, do you think back to the Garden of Eden and ever consider the fact that the Bible says that wherefore is by one man sin entered in the world and death by sin? He said, do you ever consider the fact that God didn't create death and that sometimes we get angry at God because somebody died? And he said, the reality is the one that we should be angry at is not God. He didn't put death here. He didn't create death. Death is not of Him. But rather it is here because of sin and because of Satan. He said, if there's anything we ought to be frustrated about, it shouldn't be that we're angry at God. He said, listen, can you please understand something? That God loves both of you and that He had no intention for death to be a part of this human nature. But because sin entered into the world, then death came because of sin. And that doesn't mean that your child sinned. Sir, your six-month-year-old child, it doesn't mean they died because they sinned. Uh, Josh, it doesn't mean that you and your wife had a miscarriage because your little baby sinned. Those things are not possible to be true. He said what happened was 
because sin is a part of our human nature. It brings death into this world. And God is in an all-out war against death. And He despises death. And He sent His Son to die so that we could have victory over death. And He said, can I remind you of one more thing? That the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That God hates it. That He's fighting against it. That He has delivered us from it. And that He's an enemy against it. And that He knows it's an enemy of you. And that He never put it here. And you're wrong. You're, you're wrong to be mad at God. It's the wrong person to be angry at. If there's anybody we ought to be angry at, it ought to be the devil who on the day that He tempted Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And because of Him, there's death here. Don't be angry at God because of a loss. But rather understand that God despises loss. He despises death. And He'll do everything in His power to defeat it. And that if you'll give your heart to Jesus Christ, you yourself can be saved. And ever since that day, I look at it differently, my friend. That doesn't mean death isn't hard. It doesn't mean death ever gets any easier. But now I know that it wasn't because my God intended for anybody to die in this world, but rather that sin brought it here. And that He despises it. He hates it. And one day, woo! He's going to kill it! One of these days, He's going to destroy it. And there will be no more death. Neither shall there be any more sorrow nor pain. For the former things are all passed away. Oh my soul, the day that death dies, what a day that will be. Understand, please. Hardships can sometimes shake the foundation. And if we are not rooted and grounded in our love for God, we can be shaken even from our faith in God. Now, can I please flip the script on this and help you to understand something? This is not only a task for us to perform, for us to make sure that we are rooted and grounded in love, but it's also something that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit when we get saved, that God through His Spirit brings love and joy and peace into our hearts. And listen to me. Please listen. Whether you know it or not, as you sit there right now, the root of your life has grown down into something that you may not understand. (coughs) The whole reason you're here is because of God's love for you. It's not only an act that we should perform but it is the reason that we are saved and that we have any faith at all. God's love for us. And so we are therefore rooted and grounded in His love because He won't let us go. And that though no man is able to pluck us out of His hand, Why? Because once we put down root in Jesus Christ, He said, I'm going to hold on a little while. And it doesn't matter how far we run away from Him, one day we can still stand before Him saved from our sins because our root 
went all the way down into the love of God. I need to be done. A proper foundation in God's love will spur us to proper action. A healthy love for God drives the Christian to do what we can to please Him. It drives us to live for Him, to make sacrifices to Him, to give in the offering for Him, to witness about Him, to help others for Him. A healthy love for God is the healthiest spiritual walk. When our love for God overtakes our hearts and minds, we can't do anything other than try to please Him. For this is the love of God. Why? God is love. And herein we see the love of God. That He gave Himself for us. Christian, please hear me out this morning. A proper foundation in God's love will spur us to action for Him. You need to understand how much He loves you today. And do your best to live for Him. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please imprint these truths upon the hearts and minds of your people. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, how many would say, Preacher, if I were to die today, I know for a fact, no question in my mind, I know for a fact that I'm on my way to heaven. Would you slip your hand in the air in testimony of that fact? Wonderful.